This is the Nothing But Bucks podcast. Now, here's your host, TJ Reeves. Well, off a home opening win over the Chicago Bears, we are back with the latest edition of your recap podcast through Buccaneers.com, the Buccaneers mobile app, and all the podcast outlets. Good to be back with you on the somewhat capable host, TJ Reeves. It is Nothing But Bucks 27-17, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Tied for first in the NFC South, no matter what happens on Monday Night Football with the New Orleans Saints. The Bucs right there with the Atlanta Falcons right now. The Saints can join a three-way tie if they go ahead and beat the Carolina Panthers. Bucs looking good uh, right now to start this season. Uh, let's let's dial up some people. I'm going to say it right off the bat. Let's dial up some people like Peter King of Pro Football Talk and his column. Uh, SI.com calling the Buccaneers the worst team in the NFL, possibly going to get the number one overall pick. Uh, first take, kept having debates back in July. Are the Bucs the worst team in the NFL? Uh, 2-0 start. 2-0 start to the season. No, it's not everything, and it's only September. But so far, so good for the Buccaneers. Answering and silencing some critics with the way they've played. Played tremendous football in Minnesota in a hostile place against a team that won 13 games a year ago and undid them and outplayed them and now come home against a floundering Bears team and did what good teams do. You don't make mistakes. You don't help them. To a large extent, they didn't help them. You outplay them, you beat them. And the Buccaneers move on. You know, The, the Bears had such a mastery forever over the Bucs in the late 70s and the 80s, and now it's comical because the roles have reversed, really, over the last 25 years. I know the overall record is still overwhelmingly in favor of Chicago. That's because they had about a 12-year period where they won every game against the horrible John McKay, Lehman Bennett, Ray Perkins, Richard Williamson, Sam Weich, Buccaneers. Once Tony Dungy got here, once John Gruden got here, now you get in the present uh, with Bruce Arians and on to Todd Bowles. It's been a whole different story with Buccaneers against Bears, and it was again on Sunday. So anyway, thank you for finding us. However you have done so through a social media link, through Buccaneers.com, again, through the podcast outlets, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Make sure you're following or subscribing on podcast. Make sure you're locked in through the Buccaneers mobile app. Nothing But Bucks comes your way as a recap podcast the day after games, usually midday after games. And I say that because next week's a Monday night football game. So typically we're out Monday, but obviously the game is Monday night. So the recap podcast will be out Tuesday. Later in October, there's a Thursday night game with the Buffalo Bills. Same thing. Recap podcast will be out midday on Friday for that one as well through Buccaneers.com and the mobile app. So we're anxious to go over the highlights. You'll hear me, Gene Deckerhoff, Dave Moore with the calls from Buccaneers Radio. I'm part of the sideline coverage on the radio broadcast. You'll hear lots of highlights of Mike Evans. I can tell you right now, you're going to hear lots of highlights of sacks and the huge play by Shaq Barrett on the pick six right on the goal line. Uh, a three-yard interception return, which, by the way, first reference to my man Paul Stewart, the unofficial Buccaneer historian. Buckpower.com is his website. Everything Buccaneers going back to 1976, every player, every game, everything, every recap. That Shaq Barrett three-yard interception return is the shortest in Buccaneer history ever as uh, it betters the Warren Sapp rookie year five-yard uh, interception return in a game against Atlanta where he caught like a shovel pass. I think it was Jeff George of Atlanta. Shovel passed it. Sapp stepped in front at the five-yard line. Shaq Barrett, a three-yard interception return. The Bucks have had a couple of interceptions that were deflected balls, uh, et cetera, that they caught in the end zone in their history. No return. But that was the shortest interception return touchdown ever. My man Scoop, Paul Stewart, all over it with that nugget as Shaq Barrett's first NFL touchdown. You'll hear the highlight coming up on Nothing But Bucks. Helps salt away the 27-17 win. You'll hear interviews. You'll hear from Baker Mayfield. You'll hear from Shaq Barrett. You'll hear from Mike Evans. You'll hear from Todd Bowles off our Hooters postgame show coverage. Buccaneers Radio, 98 Rock, the flagship the home of the Bucks and all the Buccaneer Radio Network affiliates. You also hear us through TuneIn, uh, through SiriusXM, through NFL Plus and their audio coverage. Uh, we love all of it. We love bringing it to you, and this is your spot. If you don't get to hear the radio coverage, the radio calls, the recap of the game, we're right here for you. And besides all of that, I've got a fascinating guest, a young lady that is now in her second season working for Buccaneers.com as a staff writer and reporter. Bree Dix will be here. Brianna Dix who comes from Texas, a Texas native. Hey, it's all about Texas right now. 
because that's where Baker Mayfield's from. That's where Mike Evans is from. Give a lot of credit where it's due to the Lone Star State, even if we aren't going to give it up to the Cowboys, who are 2-0. and uh, Buccaneers, uh, dot-com writer Bree Dix here with her thoughts on the Week 2 victory, the home opening win, and much more, including a preview of the Eagles. She'll tell you much more about what she does on a weekly basis covering this team and her insight. You'll hear that from her, her story as well, later on on Nothing But Bucks. With all that said, we love to get into the highlights. Let's get to it off the victory over the Minnesota Vikings. The Bears came in smarting after being humiliated at home by their rival, the Green Bay Packers. Justin Fields, the uh, former uh, first-round pick quarterback, not good in that game. Would he be any better in this game? Well, look, the Bucks got off to a good start. Would have loved to have had seven points, but they moved the ball right away after getting the opening kickoff, including Baker Mayfield wasting no time finding one of his favorite targets. Here's the snap. Good one. Baker looks to his left, throws to him with a caught ball. Godwin first down to the 42-yard line. And Godwin is hit out of bounds. Should have been a flag, perhaps. Don't know. As he made the catch, and Tyreek Stevenson, a rookie out of Miami, popped him pretty good on the sideline, a gain of 16. Again, these are the calls of Mean Gene Deckerhoff on Bucks Radio. You're going to hear it all throughout Nothing But Bucks on the podcast. So you're not able to get into the end zone. You misfire a little bit, and now that forces a field goal attempt. First points of the day would come right here off the foot of the Bucks' new kicker. Good snap. The spot down by Kermata. The kick is airborne and good, and the Buccaneers take a 3-0 lead. With that field goal, Raymond James donates $2,500 to area children's hospitals as part of the Kicking for Kids program. To learn more, visit RaymondJames.com. Three zip bucks. So a 3-0 early advantage, just as it was last week in Minnesota on a McLaughlin field goal. This is kind of a theme a little bit, though. You're not getting in the end zone as much as you would like in the red zone. Only three points right there. That would be a factor for later in the game. And only a 3-0 lead. And to Chicago's credit, they responded on their opening drive. A time-consuming six-minute drive of their own. Uh, A couple of big passes from Justin Fields to D.J. Moore, the former Carolina Panther. They got him in the trade from Carolina, giving the Panthers the number one pick. They got a couple of other premium draft picks. Moore certainly looked like a number one receiver uh, on that opening drive with a couple of big catches. It would eventually lead to this play and the Bears taking the lead. Play action fake, rolling to his right, rolling to his right. He will run to the pylon, and the Bears lead 6-3. to three. Bears fans have something to cheer about. So Justin Fields got around the right end on a steamy Sunday. I, I've yet to mention it was over 105 degrees heat index on that field, probably even hotter. Uh, very hot conditions, and the Bears get the lead. The one thing about that play, and the Buccaneers were complaining right away, Anthony Nelson looked like he was being held. Uh, on the uh, left end of the line of scrimmage there that allowed Fields to get around him, get the corner, get the end zone. Not called, and Chicago in the lead, a 7-3 early on in this game. Now, the Buccaneers would respond. Uh, They would put another drive together, but then a penalty would kind of set them back. And this was a big moment where you're trying to get some points, and and the Bears' special teams comes up big. 40-yard field goal, near side hash. Ball spotted by Camarda. The kick is blocked. It's blocked. It's a live ball, and Carmada fights for the football. Kings onto it at midfield. The Bears block McLaughlin's field goal, and it's still 7-3. to three. How about McLaughlin chasing down that football and falling on it to the 50-yard line? Well, that could have been six the other way. Again, it's been rare on blocked field goals. I can't. I'd have to look on the last time of a blocked field goal like that. So the Bears deny the Buccaneers any points in that instance. The game remains at 7-3 at this stage, and that's when the defense, nasty defense, would begin to turn things up. We saw the sacks in Minnesota. We saw three takeaways all in the first half in Minnesota. Well, the sacks were back on Sunday, including Shaq with a sack here. Well, high snap, dropping back to the under pressure. Under, he is dragged down by Shaq Barrett. Barrett gets his first sack of the year and fought through a blocker to get to him. Shaquille Barrett playing with a heavy heart after the drowning death, the accidental drowning death of his two-year-old daughter. The family has endured a, a horrible situation uh, with that. He's back with a heavy heart, back off an Achilles injury. He looked like Shaq Barrett of old, the uh, single-season all-time sack record holder for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And that's saying something with the likes of Simeon Rice, Warren Sapp, Leroy Selman that have played for this team. Shaq has the sack record from back in 2019. All right, so the Bucs 
continue to turn up the defense, including there's a lot of expectation around Joe Tryon Shoyenka. And JTS delivered some big plays in week one, including a fumble recovery, a couple of quarterback pressures and hits. Well, here he got home against the Bears. Here's the snap, Fields dropping. Fields dropping, looking, has all kinds of time fighting. He's going to be sacked on the backfield. Flag has been thrown. Part of a big defensive performance from the front seven, really, of this Buccaneer team. We're going to talk about that as the show goes on with the postgame conversations. And again, Bree Dix will have more on what this defense is doing as they kept totaling up the sacks. And then the Buccaneers make a, a big play. Finally, they get Mike Evans in space, and he does the rest as Gene called it on Sunday. The snap, bootleg rollout by Baker Mayfield, delay blitz pass downfield. It is caught! by Evans, Evans to the 50, to the 45, to the 35, on his horse to the 25, to the 20, outside the numbers right, to the 15, to the 10, and knocked out of bounds at the seven yard line. Buccaneers are in the red zone and a huge play connection, Baker Mayfield to Mike Evans. Great run after the catch. Evans officially 70 yards on that catch and run to get the Buccaneers inside the, the 10. You'll hear him talking about that catch on a hot day, trying to outrun the defenders with those long legs. They got him out of bounds inside the 10. And again, the Buccaneers uh, had a little trouble scoring inside the five, but here finally they cash in on third and goal. Mayfield takes the snap, hands the ball off Rashad White, slashes away to the one, to the goal line, touchdown Tampa Bay. Rashad White and the Bucks' first rushing touchdown of the season. Fire the cannons, Bucks lead. First rushing touchdown of the season belongs to Rashad White right through the middle, getting a little help from the offensive line. Matt Filer, the guard, helping push him in, whatever it takes. And you're back in front, I say it for good, in this game as you get the lead. Uh, the Bears would actually tie things in a little bit with a field goal, but Bucks never trailed after this, after that touchdown drive. An impressive drive there when you had to have it finishing things off. The 70-yard pass plays big, four plays, 77 yards. Uh, and that was, I believe, the third longest catch of Mike Evans' career at 70 yards in that one. Uh, impressive. Impressive for the Bucks. And then turn up the defense here, including the big fella in the middle. Shotgun look again. Roshan Johnson is the sidecar to the right hip of Justin Fields. Fields sends a receiver in motion. That drops to throw. Looks downfield to the right. Looks downfield to the right. Anderson Heath will try. He's going to be hit. Drop bottled up. Vita Vea saw him. And stop the run. I don't know if they're going to give credit to Vita for the sack or not, but if it's a sack, and I think it will be, that will be the third of the game by the Buccaneers. Vita Vea sack, part of a four-sack first half for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The Bears did get a long Cairo Santos field goal uh, in this one to make the game 10-10. Buccaneers then went on a two-minute drill again, going 12 plays, 69 yards in the final two minutes. Had a couple of chances trying to get in the end zone. Baker Mayfield did a good job of getting the clock stopped. They used timeouts. They used the sideline. They misfire on a couple of throws. Baker was pressured through out of the back of the end zone. It eventually led to Chase McLaughlin kicking another field goal to put the team back in front at 13-10. We did talk to head coach Todd Bowles uh, walking off the field. He said, hey, we've got to score touchdowns in the red zone. We are leaving points on the field. I said, what about the defense and containing Justin Fields, who really had nowhere to go for much of the game? And he said, hey, we've done a great job on containment on the ends of the line of scrimmage. Just keep him in the pocket, put the pressure on him, get him to make some mistakes, and that would be big for later on uh, in this game. All right, so you come out of the locker room and eventually get the ball second. You stop the Bears. Uh, after the Bears got, I think, one first down and had to punt. And now the Buccaneers go on a march. And this was a defining march at their own 11-yard line, including a big pass play uh, here to Mike Evans. High snap, play action, bootleg, rolls to his left, looks downfield, still looking, throws the ball downfield, caught, ball! It is a great fingertip grab by Mike Evans, still down the sideline, out of bounds at the 50-yard line. How in the world did Mike Evans make that catch? Fingertip grab for the first down and then added more to it with those legs and he's over 100 yards today. Then Mean Gene Deckerhoff, the calls on Buccaneers Radio with Dave Moore and me on the Buck broadcast. That's a 36-yard catch and run, so Mike already up over 100 yards in this game. He would keep building on it as well, including this play, a third and long play uh, in the third quarter here that would be big. 
Empty backfield. Mayfield takes a low snap. Looks upfield. Throws a fade route toward the sideline, toward the end zone. Caught ball! Caught ball! Touchdown, Tampa Bay! Mike Evans with another huge grab. Fire the cannons. The Bucs score a TD. Baker put that ball where only his big target receiver could go and grab it. They're on the far sideline. Second time they've connected for a touchdown. Buccaneers now comfortably up at 20 to 10 with some breathing room for that defense at this stage. Uh, and again, they held in uh, for Chicago to punt, but then the offense got a penalty. That was kind of a theme. Had a, had a couple of holding penalties, had a couple of false starts. You end up having to punt the ball away, and finally the Bears had some success. They found DJ Moore with a pass over the middle, and then eventually right here, a pass to Chase Claypool would cut the lead. Good snap. Pressure coming, pressure coming. Could have been a hole. Pass to Izzo. Caught ball. Bears score a touchdown. And it's Chase Claypool. Did not catch a ball against Green Bay, and a perfect throw by Justin Fields. Claypool's been receiving some criticism for lack of effort in the uh, Bears opening game with the Packers. Wasn't blocking hard, wasn't running his routes hard. Well, they caught that touchdown, boy. Antoine Winfield, talk about a game of inches. The Bucs' hard-hitting safety was just inches away from deflecting that ball. He dove across, hand up, just kind of couldn't get the hand in front of Claypool in time. A bang-bang throw, nice throw from Fields for the touchdown, and the game is 20-17. to 17. All right, so the Bucs trying to move the ball again are forced to punt again, unable to kill the entire clock. So finally, Chicago takes over here in the final couple of minutes of the game. They are down at this stage, 20 to 17, and here comes the big moment for the big fella off the left end. Fields takes the snap out of the gun, looks up here, throws it all up here. It is intercepted. It, it's intercepted, picked off by Shaq Barrett at the one. He's in for a touchdown. Touchdown, Tampa Bay. There's the takeaway. Yeah, they. They tried to run that screen again. Shaq Barrett hung at the line of scrimmage and was able to snatch it one-handed. And they got some help from his buddies and pushed him in the end zone. 2-0-3 to go. And the Buccaneers take a nine-point lead on a defensive gym by number seven. First career TD, as Gene called it there for Shaq Barrett. Electric moment in that north end zone. Back-breaking moment for the Bears. And again, the shortest interception return in Buccaneers history as Shaq Barrett goes just three yards with the help of his teammates pushing him in. Great moment. Great to see, again, after everything this guy's been through. He admitted after the game, you'll hear his interview with us, he admitted to the media in the press conference room, he's been in tears the last couple of weeks thinking about his two-year-old daughter. It's very hard. Uh, the grieving process. Football is his sanctuary. Coming off that serious injury. What a play. What a moment. And the Bucs weren't done. No, no. Go get some more on defense. Bears with the ball back down by 10. Buccaneer pass rush not letting up. The Chicago Bears. Tunyon shifts to left slot. The tight end pressure coming. And the helmet comes off. Sack made. Vita Vea got to the quarterback. Is that number six? It is. There it is. Again, credit that front seven. The push through the middle with Vita Vea, uh, with some of the lesser-known guys that are in the middle, William Golston out there as well, and that, that is freeing up the likes of JTS, Shaq Barrett, Vita getting through sometimes on his own, uh, Anthony Nelson on the outside as well, Cam Gill had a sack in this game, uh, Yaya Diaby a couple of big hits. Give the Buccaneers front seven a tremendous amount of credit. Uh, for the job they were able to do. And finally, you seal the game with another takeaway, that defense turning up the pressure shortly thereafter. Third down and 19. Mark to make is the Bear 35. Dropping Justin Fields. Fields up, crossing around, and it's picked, intercepted. Picked off by the Bucks of the 30. Bouncing out, it's Izzian. Christian Izzian's got two in two weeks. Christian Izzian, back-to-back weeks with a pick. How about this? Undrafted rookie free agent, as you probably know, as we talked about him last week at a bunch on Nothing But Bucks. He is the first undrafted free agent to have an interception in each of the first two games of the season since going back to 2013. In fact, it's any two games back-to-back. And it's the first two games of the season that Izzy and the rookie free agent out of Rutgers comes up with that pick on the deflected ball. Hard hitting, hard nose like Todd Bowles likes it, Buccaneer defense. Give credit where it is due. They have been tremendous. I know they've given up some yards and some points, but with the game on the line in Minnesota, how did Todd Bowles' defense fare? With the game on the line against the Bears, forced to make plays, how did they do on Sunday? You can say what you want about the Bears being bad, but they had a chance down 20-17 to to go make something happen, and the Buccaneers slammed the door shut 
with those sacks, those takeaways on the final two possessions, and that ends the game at 27-17. A sweet home opening win. It's the third year in a row the Buccaneers start the season at 2-0, and and uh, a good feeling. A, a good feeling when a lot of people have been doubting this team all through the summer on how they would pull together. Just too many stars. We knew this. Being around this team in the Tampa Bay area as fans, as media members, uh, obviously I'm slanted, but I kept saying to anybody that would listen, too many stars on both sides of the ball to say that this is going to be a three-win team. Who are we kidding? Uh, they look good right now. Long way to go, but they look good in the first two games. So let's go to the conversations immediately after uh, everything was said and done. Solid day for Baker Mayfield. Let's hear from him as part of our Hooters postgame coverage here on Buccaneers Radio. Well, the Bucs have won at 27-17, and Baker Mayfield stands here immediately after this is over with. A 300-yard pass day. The defense seals the deal. What are your thoughts overall on this game? I mean, we'll take all the wins, uh, however form of fashion they come in. Um, we just offensively, the story is right now, we made a lot of good plays today. But we just got to finish in the red zone. I've uh, got to capitalize. Um, just, just not good enough. A couple little details here and there that we just keep shooting ourselves in the foot, but um, we'll, we'll take a win, like I said. Mike Evans, my goodness, 166 yards receiving, including a big touchdown in the second half. Describe the touchdown play to him there in the third quarter. Yeah, I mean, they're playing an off-coverage zone look, looking like they're going to double-team him on the snap. Safety rolls to the middle of the field. Um, and, and just Mike's Mike's the best go-ball runner against off-coverage in the league. And, and so he closes that, that gap, that space, and then he accelerates after that. So just giving him a chance. I mean, Mike's he's so special. So he, he's, doing, he's doing the hard work. Two more real quick. You were pounding on them as an offense running the ball in the first half. Was part of that by design because of the heat to be able to be at an advantage in the second half and in the fourth quarter? Uh, yeah. Uh, part, partly that and then uh, partially just because of the zone coverages they were giving us. Um, they weren't loading the box up, so we, we had good numbers to run the ball, and O-line did a heck of a job there in the first half wearing those guys down. And as an offensive guy, you got to give some credit to the defense. Two huge takeaways and Shaq Barrett. I mean, what a what a play for him, and you feel for that guy. What a play in the home opener to get in the end zone on the pick six. Oh, unbelievable. I, I mean, to, to seal the deal right there, uh, yeah, touch, an interception <laughs> return for a touchdown is always good, especially in that critical situation. So we love Shaq. Shaq makes big plays for us. And then uh, on top of that, then Antoine Winfield breaking on the ball and uh, tipping it up for Izzy to make a pick at the end there. So defense is closing out. They've been playing really well the last couple weeks, and we just got to continue to build. Some final stats for you on Baker. 26 of 34, a 300-yard passing day, a touchdown to Mike Evans, a 114 quarterback rating. He also had six uh, attempts for 17 yards that include that includes a couple of the kneel downs at the end of the game that factored in and he time and again you're going to hear this in the interviews got the team in the right play made the right decision he is showing why the Buccaneers wanted his veteran leadership early on in the season to carry this team he's delivering right now good on the former number one pick out of Oklahoma uh, in Baker Mayfield all right let's go to the conversation with Shaq Barrett uh, again an emotional situation for him uh, but, man, this defense was uh, was tremendous. Shaq had a huge play. This, again, from our post-game coverage on Buccaneers Radio. What a performance, a complete team performance. Was it not here to get this win today over 60 minutes? No, it was for sure. And we uh, did it two weeks in a row. Last week the offense was uh, on outside and closed out for us, and this time we closed out for them. So it's uh, working in unison. Then Jake, punting, I'm punting the ball, pinning them all the way down. Uh, chase up there, converting on all the field goals, man. So, like, everything's just working perfect right now. Not perfect, but good, like a team football. I mean, and so we'd be team football, so we're able to get the win. Let's describe the play that everybody's going to see on the highlights. You made, I mean, Mike Evans had a huge game. Chris Godwin made a, had a huge game. Shaq Barrett making Mike, Mike Evans and Chris Godwin with the one-handed stab and the pick. Describe the play. I don't know. It just set up perfectly for me. I think I was coming inside. Then I felt like the flow go to the left, and then I stepped back a little bit. The ball came right to me. Just put my hand up, grabbed it, and got a lot of help from my teammates and helped me uh, get into the end zone. It was just a just a perfect situation set up perfectly for me to make that play, and just uh, glad that my teammates was there to help me get in the zone. And then you get one more stop, and and Christian Izian with the interception. He has become the first undrafted player with back-to-back -back first and second games with an interception. Can you say enough first about that young man and this team taking the ball away for these first two games? 
No, we cannot say enough about it. That's a big difference making in this league, to be able to get, the, uh, get turnovers, that we hop on that all uh, training camp, OTAs, that we have a certain number that we need to get to of sacks and turnovers to be a great defense and a great team. So we are pretty much on our way there to that goal as long as we keep it up. But Izzy's been playing really good for us. Uh, the coaches was able to say it. That's why he out there with us right now and, uh, with the starting unit. So he's been putting that work in since day one. And uh, you see it all working out for him right now. And one more time, defensive line, I believe six sacks unofficially as well as the takeaways. Why did you have so much success getting after Justin Fields as a defense? As a defense, the back end, they, they <laughs> held him up back there, man. Like, it was a lot of cover sacks out there today. Like, Fields didn't know where to go with the ball because they was disguised, and then they was everybody was covered. So it, it was a lot of cover sacks out there, and that's what it is. The back end and the D-line and the front, we, we work hand-to-hand. Uh, -hand. So when they lock up back there, we got enough time to get the set. And then sometimes when it is a little open, we get there kind of quick. We got affected throw with, like, QB hit or something like that. But, like, everything is working as good as it can be right now. Shaq, thank you. Congratulations. Thank you. It's a two. 27-17 is the final as the Bucks once again a six-sack performance with two takeaways. The Buccaneers now plus five in the turnover margin with five takeaways and yet to turn the ball over. Quick stat, by the way, again, my man uh, Paul Stewart, the ultimate Buck historian, buckpower.com. It's the first time since the Sam Weich 1994 Buccaneers. Hello. 30 years, basically, that the Buccaneers have played the first two games without a turnover on offense. Clean football. You want a reason why this team is winning? Take it away and don't give it back. That is a big part of what we have seen so far this season. So no turnovers by the offense in the first two games. First time in 29 years, 30 seasons. 1994, that's the Craig Erickson, Eric Rett, Jackie Harris, Dave Moore, Sam Weich, Buccaneer offense of 94. Trent Dilfer is a rookie as well. It has been a little bit since we've seen that, but it's fantastic stuff. Let's con let's continue. You always get the post-game interviews here as part of the day after the game. Uh, recap, nothing but Bucks podcast. Here is Rashad White, a running back uh, that produced 73 yards on 17 carries. He had a touchdown as well, and here was our conversation. Give me a couple of overall thoughts on how well this team played here to get it done. Um, I thought we played very well. Um, honestly, we all going to get back to the drawing board and feel like we left something out there, which we did, especially on offense, and uh, want to finish the game with our mentality. Um, but like you said, 27-17 win, uh, we take that any day. So you take wins in this league, so we like it. You went uh, into the end zone in the first half on about a five- or six-yard run through the middle. From what you remember powering through the middle, just describe uh, what you were able to do to get in the end zone and cap that drive. Um, honestly, I just remember my guys up front, uh, what, my six, seven guys. Uh, I mean, I could name them all, <laughs> Hainsey and them, but uh, they got the play started. We ID'd the guy right, and uh, Coach called the play. And uh, I just trusted it in my guys. I made a cut off of they, one of their great blocks, all of their great blocks, honestly, and I just was going to barrel myself in there. I wanted a touchdown real bad. I believe you guys had 21 carries in the first half. Was part of the mentality beat on them, wear them down for the fourth quarter of this game? Was that part of it? Uh, yeah, I mean, that's just our offense identity. Identity. We want to be able to run the ball for sure. Uh, we want to be physical. We want to run hard. Yeah, we want to beat people up for sure. So that's just what we uh, plan to do and want to do in, in our offense. And uh, we're going to keep trying to do that. Say something about Baker Mayfield. Efficient game again, 300-yard pass game with a touchdown. What's it like to be in the huddle with him two weeks in a row here? Dog. Um, describe <laughs> one word, dog, as you see, the things he do out there, how he make guys miss in the backfield, and, uh, you know, he make everything right. So, uh, like I said in the interview last week, uh, we go as far as Baker go, and uh, he's a great leader. Rashad, thank you. Thank you. Rashad White also is an outlet out of the backfield, five catches, 30 yards as well on the day. Uh, he is going to be such a weapon as you move forward in this 2023 season. Looking forward to what else he can do. Uh, complimentary football, both sides right now for the Buccaneers. Run game was solid. You had 120 yards rushing overall. That includes the kneel downs by Baker Mayfield at the end of the game. It's officially 34 carries, 120, but it was really like 32 carries, probably about 123 yards in the game. Good enough. Run game, uh, Dave Canales calling plays. First time we've mentioned the first-year offensive coordinator mixing the run, using some power runs, and again, a white smooth with that hesitation step to read the holes, uh, be patient and, and hit the holes. Uh, give him credit. Sean Tucker, the rookie, 
Also ran hard in this game. He only ended up with seven yards, took a couple losses, took like a four-yard loss late in the game, but he had a couple of good runs earlier in the game. You're getting just enough out of that run game to help the offense uh, come along. Uh, By the way, also some receiving numbers. Chris Godwin, five catches, 58 yards. That's back-to-back games uh, with Chris with five or more catches to start this season, and I believe it is seven total now going back to the end of last year. It's either six or seven total uh, games in a row with five or more catches, so he continues to pile them up. Kate Otten, also a six-catch game, along with Rashad White, a five-catch game, so Baker Mayfield spreading it around. And again, as part of our Hooters postgame show, we get the chance to talk with the head coach who was happy. He was smiles. Again, with the 2-0 and start, let's go to that conversation now. Uh, congratulations on a 2-0 and start. This was hard fought. Uh, you put the game away, especially on defense at the end. What are your thoughts immediately after this one is over with? You know, we knew it was going to be a physical game. We knew it was going to be a tough game. Chicago's a tough football can- football team, and coming in our home opener, we wanted to give them something to cheer about. I thought the guys played hard. Obviously not mistake-free, but good enough to win. And as we grow as a team, I, I think we're coming together. Let's go to the end. I know you would have liked to have put the game away offensively, but you turned the ball over uh, to the defense, if you will, to put it away after Jake Camarda, who did a great job punting all day and pinning them back, pins them in, and Shaq Barrett comes up with the one-handed stab and the interception and the touchdown. Uh, just uh, tell me more about that individual effort at a time that you desperately needed somebody to make a play. That was huge. The game was in the balance, and you know Shaq came up with a huge play, which gave us a little bit of cushion and kind of pent our ears back after that and played good two-minute football. And after that, Jeremy, or uh, excuse me, Christian Izian ends up coming up with another interception. He has become the first undrafted defensive back to have an interception in each of the first two games in this league in 10 years. Can you say enough about that young man continuing to be around the ball and making plays? Good football player. I wish I can take the credit, but, you know, Rashad Johnson does a great job with Iz as working with the Nichols, and he is always around the ball. He's always heady, and great things are ahead for that guy. Let's go over to the offense. You can't say enough again about Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. Mike Evans today had 166 yards, actually 171 yards receiving now. The updated total is six catches, 171. Big touchdown in the second half as well. What are your thoughts on number 13 and how he impacted this game? Mike is huge for us. You know, every catch he makes is big. Uh, He got a lot of catch and runs today. Afterwards, he's in great shape. He's one of our bell cows along with Chris, and they just take turns making big plays, and we're happy to have him. Baker Mayfield, a 300-yard game, his first as a Buccaneer. Uh, Again, you've not seen the tape overall, but it's a clean game. Didn't have an interception. Very efficient again at uh, 26 of 34 in the game. Assess how you thought he managed the game and played. Thought he made some big plays. I thought we stalled a little bit in the red zone. We got to work on that part of it. But as far as getting us in run plays and making some plays in the passing game, he did a heck of a job even scrambling out of a few plays using his legs, the ones he completed and the ones he threw away. For the most part, you contain Justin Fields from being able to get anything running around, getting out of contain. You, uh, you by design, were able to limit him. How happy are you that he was not able to be a dual threat at all today? I'm extremely happy we're not on the highlight reel of him running 85 yards for a touchdown. That's a good way to put that. You've been doing this for a while. This is two wins to start the season. It's not everything, but you get off to a good start. What does that do to help this team mentality-wise as you get an extra day to help prepare for the Eagles in Monday Night Football? It's always a confidence booster when you have a young team getting off on the right foot. And as we build and make less mistakes, you know they get more and more confident. We're going to be a tough out. Anybody else come to mind here? I know Rashad White, who we just talked to, got a rushing touchdown. You were really, I know we asked you this at halftime, you were really able to wear on them with the ground game some. What about the ground game and Rashad White? Tough runs. You know, we we relied on Rashad. He's our bell cow. He got some tough, gritty runs in there, especially on third down, including that touchdown on third and four. Uh, We were very happy to see him go ahead and grind it out. So, you know, we're getting good use out of the running backs, all three of them. We talk about the Buccaneers and their successes, the takeaways, uh, playing a clean game on offense. How about the Bears? Neither opponent, the Vikings or the Bears, have been able to run the ball. Bears uh, ended up with 67 yards rushing um, uh, in the game on 16 carries. That's that's not nearly enough. Justin Fields only 211 yards passing, one touchdown, two interceptions that you heard there on the highlights. But a lot of that was late in the game. 
I mean, the Bears were working on early in the fourth quarter having fewer than 150 yards in offense. The margin was like close to 400 to 150 uh, at that stage of the game. But I know it's yards, and sometimes yards can be misleading on what's the actual outcome of the game. You know, points scored is much bigger. But uh, the Buccaneer defense continues. Every metric that you look at continues to succeed. It's early. But right now, there are a lot of positive signs. The only thing you have are two games to go on for everybody. And the Buc- and the Bucks look like a solid team on both sides of the football. Just stay healthy and do what you can. All right, so this one is in the books. It's another victory for the Buccaneers on a 2-0 start. Third straight year for that. Let's get some more insight right now. This is what we bring you on Nothing But Bucks. A little more conversation about everything that went on Sunday at Raymond James Stadium right now. As promised, time to brighten this here podcast up a little bit. With a 2-0 start, things are already bright. But I love getting insight from those that cover the team, including from the team point of view. You see her, you hear her, you read her work. Staff writer and reporter, Buccaneers.com. Hello, Brianna Dix, or just Bree. Which is it? Is it Bree Dix? Is it Brianna Dix? We're about to find out. It's good to have you on a Victory Monday edition of the Nothing But Bucks podcast. Uh, I would say how are things, but we know how things are. Things are 2-0. and oh. We like that. How you doing? Yes. Lovely Victory Monday here in the Advent Hall Training Center. Hello, TJ. And honestly, you can go with either, but... I will say I am getting so used to hearing Brie that when someone actually calls me Brianna, I, I'm a little stunned. <laughs> yes. And you you often think that you're in trouble. Like in my yes. household, I, whenever I got, and people now know that this is the full name, whenever I got Thomas Nelson Reeves Jr., it was trouble because mm-hmm. Thomas Jr. is TJ. So you start looking around is what you're saying if you hear Brianna, because yes. that, that might mean trouble. But that's okay. We're covering uh, all bases here on the interview. So it's good to have you, and I'll go straight to you. Your thoughts on what we saw roughly 24 hours ago now as we're talking and we released the podcast out of the Buccaneers' second win with the Bears. Yes. Well, for me, it was just they dominated the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball. You know, you saw the complimentary run and pass that we've been hearing about all offseason of Dave Canales. They were able to establish the run early, and that kind of helped open up the play action um, you saw whether it was the 70 yard catch and run from Mike Evans or then defensively played lights out. They had six sacks on Justin Fields kind of helped contain him in the pocket. Didn't let him do the boot action, those kinds of things. We had two interceptions. And then of course uh, Shaq Barrett's game ceiling pick six at the end of the game, which was, just an absolutely incredible play on on his part. Just the 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 diagnosis, you know, kind of eventually had the inside stunt, then read his eyes, dropped back, kind of did the twist, and then made the one-handed interception. Teammates kind of shoved him into the end zone there. So I think just exciting all around and really just last week, the story was kind of the the takeaways on the defensive side of the ball, you know, the adjustments that the team made. But I think this week you're starting to see all of the pieces come together, which is just exciting. Yeah, and especially defensively. I keep using the word yes. in the in the aftermath of this game and on this podcast, nasty. That is some nasty yes. D in a good way. Yes. Nasty D with turnovers, with, with takeaways, with sacks yesterday. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, all Justin Fields, a mobile quarterback that had nowhere to go for a lot of right. that game. Um, so give a lot of credit to Todd Bowles, to Larry Foote, the co-defensive coordinator for the scheme and what they're doing, especially up front with the front seven. Um, okay, so I've talked a lot, and I, and again, I want you to give me your thoughts on what you saw. We can't overstate what Baker Mayfield right now has meant, not just in terms of stats, but in terms of, as the guys were saying after the game, getting them in the right play, mm-hmm. making the right decision, when to throw it away, know when the journey's over, maybe elude somebody and go get some yards with your feet. Right. You can't overstate this stuff, correct? Well, and I don't think you can overstate just what his mobility has meant to this team and his ability to evade some of those tacklers. And I know kind of watching it back yesterday, what really impressed me, even necessarily if it didn't get a ton of yards, if it was an eight-yard scramble, 
But TJ, some of the plays this guy made were absolutely sensational. I mean, there was one play, he was going to the ground. The guy had his legs wrapped up and he's still getting a sidearm angle pass off to Kate Auden, who gains like five more yards. You know, things like that, that consistently move the chain. And you saw it over and over and over him kind of getting them out of those tough situations and potentially when it was the unfavorable down a distance and they're still getting positive yards because every single play he's it's the high effort. It's the, the, the moxie. It's that determination and the will to win. And I think that's really rallied this offense as well as Dave Canales and the guys wanting to play in this offense. Now, unknowing to you, I was on our flagship station, 98 Rock, on Monday morning with the Crash and AJ Morning Show, and I used the word moxie. And Bree yeah. Dix just used the word moxie yeah. to describe. We got some moxie going on with Baker yeah. Mayfield. Going right around now. the building, you know? I like that. I, I like that. <laughs> uh, and I, and there's a lot of positives coming out of what we saw. Mike Evans, we, we have oh had God. the opportunity, and again, uh, Bree has, has come to the organization here in the last year or so, uh, covering it for her second season. We've seen this for the last eight or nine yes. years. He is a special player. Tell me more about what you saw firsthand at Raymond James Stadium. Six catches, 171 yards, big yes. play after big play. Tell me more. Mm -hmm. Well, and he's a guy that you you hear about. I had watched him, you know, before I even came to the Bucks when I was still previously covering Dallas. But just his, the contested catch, his yesterday you certainly saw the run after catch and his capability there. But just, I mean, obviously the, his ability on the goal line fades and the contested catch situations and the 50, 50 balls, like all of those things. But I think one of the exciting things for me too, was just the, the routes that you're seeing in this new scheme yesterday, yesterday, like several times for, for Mike, which was what his 70 yard catch and run was off of, but it would look like he was going to push past the defensive back. So then, of course, he he baits, thinking he's going to go vertical. And then Mike Evans turns around, faces Baker. But the the chemistry and the synergy between them, the ball had already left Baker's hands and was already coming to Mike before he even turned back to face the quarterback. And just that trust there. The same with Chris Godwin. You saw the same thing there. Um, and just the big plays that they were able to make off of that was – was encouraging, but I mean, just vintage trademark Mike Evans going to go after that 10th consecutive 1,000 yard season. I think we would all uh, love to see it. And he's certainly on pace for it after what you saw, what you saw yesterday. We're breaking it down. Bree Dix is with me. It's a nothing but Bucks podcast. We recap uh, what we see after each and every Buccaneer game here. She's gracious to give me some time because she's busy. She's got her Monday takeaways. Uh, coming out day after the game. Obviously, it'll be a Tuesday edition after the Monday night game with the Eagles next week. It'll be a Friday edition right after the Thursday night game with the Bills. But the day after the game, the takeaways column is up. Also, she mm -hmm. and Casey Phillips do a great job with the Tampa 2, that podcast, that video show that's out more as a preview later in the week. She'll tell you more about some of the stuff uh, that she's also involved with Buccaneers.com in a few moments. Uh, you know, you grew up in Texas. I'm going to make you smile uh, here. Gene even brought up on the 70-yarder on the radio, Gene Deckerhoff. That's that's reminiscent of Johnny Manziel to Mike Evans, and it helped Johnny Manziel win a Heisman Trophy. He was yes. absolutely right. Was, we've been watching Mike Evans make those plays since Texas yes. A&M, Bree. Yes. Well, and I I loved the fact because you don't hear a lot about Mike Evans speed that's not one of the it's more of the he's the big bodied guy he can box out defenders he gets the 50 50s he can high point the football you hear all of those things but the speed isn't something that you you hear a lot about but that 70 I mean you looked at his face as he is running down the field but he has the speed to be that vertical weapon as well as his kind of the, the agility and the short area quickness out of the slot. And I think that's one of the things that people maybe is a little bit underrated or people forget about Mr. Mike Evans. He did joke with us when we were standing there on Buccaneers radio and we just played the interview here on the podcast. He had to start doing the high knees, the high knee steps to try to get it in <laughs> gear. Um, and again, he's not, he's not track hundred meter fast, but right. he takes those yes. long strides and covers Ooh, a lot yeah. of ground to make that big plays. And then goes down and makes those leaping catches. All right, back to the defense. And then we'll get into some other fun stuff about you, et cetera, and move forward to the Eagles. 
Bat, what do you see out of this defense? Uh, because it's producing takeaways, it's producing sacks. What do you see? Well, I loved last year they kind of reloaded everything. They made a big emphasis with Vita Vea, which, I mean, kudos to him. But when your nose tackle leads your team in sacks, it's not exactly a great thing. Um, traditionally, a guy that just kind of, you know, eats up blockers, frees up opportunities for other guys to make plays. And so this coaching staff, Todd Bowles in particular, stressed, you know, wanting to see more pass rush production from your outside linebackers. And you explicitly saw that yesterday. Shaq Barrett with Joe Tryon Shoginka in his third year, um, you know, got two sacks, was consistently in the backfield, but also just his ability to finish those rushes. You know, that was a big point of emphasis, you know, a lot last year and kind of he would almost get there, but it was a little bit of the over pursuit, him leaving his feet too early. But, you know, they really stressed. I think now he's just he's not thinking as much and it's just reaction. He's getting off the ball, lights out. Um, and the same with Shaq Barrett. You know, I don't think there's anybody that you're rooting for more with what that man went through in the mm-hmm. offseason. Um, just unimaginable, but also just coming back from that Achilles tendon injury. Um, And where he's at now, kind of in his way back to playing to peak form. And then Christian Izian, you know, the undrafted rookie out of Rutgers. He had another interception yesterday, um, kind of in the final two minutes of the game. Um, And Antoine Winfield, you know, he's a guy that's all over the place playing free safety. But I love how the coaching staff is still kind of utilizing his physicality at the line of scrimmage. You know, that blitz prowess that he has and putting him in the box. But I don't think you can say enough about where this defense is at right now through two games. I mean, they had the three takeaways first game, six sacks yesterday, multiple quarterback hits. I mean, they are all over the fields. That ball is on the ground and they are hustling to it with relentless pursuits. So yeah, kudos to Todd Bowles, this defensive coaching staff who has these guys playing like their hair's on fire. And we don't want to oversell. You know this. It's only two games. you got a very tough, potent offense coming in Monday night. You're going to play a lot of good offenses as the year goes on. But these are positive signs, what you are seeing. You are seeing a nasty, there it is again, defense, sacking a quarterback, taking the ball away. We love all of that. So some great insight here. Let's talk about you for a moment or two. I love this part of what we do on podcast because I don't know a lot of these questions. When I ask them, I find out along with the audience. Did you always grow up as a football fan? Even as a little Bree Dix, did you always like to play football? Was it something that you always thought maybe I want to have a career covering football, writing about talking about football? How did it work for you? I, I did. I always had a love of football and it was always an FL for me. So it's funny because I didn't grow up with, brothers. I didn't grow up with a dad who was a coach, but my dad played pretty much every sport in the book in high school, has always been a huge sports fanatic, big on the NFL. So every single Sunday, as for as long as I can remember, that was a part of my fabric. I was on the couch with my dad, breaking down the game, watching football, (laughs) watching the breaking it. I'm laughing and interrupting. You're breaking it down for him, which I love. I I love that part. I mean, that was that's what it was. You know, I was checking out books on football from the library. I was reading books on coverages. I just, from a very young age, I realized that my love, my obsession, how it captivated me, it was very unusual for not only a female, but just for a person in general. And I think, I guess the turning point for me was I had a global business class in high school. I, my teacher was a coach. And so he would use a lot of sports analogies, things to kind of get the class interested. And he did a, an NFL riddle game one day, and you had to come up with the mascot in the city for every NFL team. And he puts them up on the board and I'm mind you, I am in a group of football players at Granbury high school. And I am spouting them off. That's Pittsburgh Steelers. That's Dallas Cowboys. That's Houston Texans. That's blah, blah, blah. You know, that's, Oh, NFC North, blah, blah, blah. And they're all looking at me just with stunned faces. And for me, that was the norm. You know, I thought everybody knew all of these things, (laughs) had that, had that general knowledge. And so it was kind of at that point that I realized, okay, this isn't, this isn't normal, but really 
as I was starting to look in colleges, I realized that this was a, a path that I wanted to wholeheartedly wholeheartedly pursue. And football was something that I wanted to devote, you know, my life and my career path to. Love so, it. As a broadcast communication major, um, and just kind of really started focusing on football, getting my foot in the door in the NFL, interned with the Cowboys in 2016, did some freelance for them, and then covered that team for a network in Dallas for four seasons before coming here. So yeah, all football, football, football for me. <laughs> no, no doubt. Um, so what is different? You're great to speak to this. What is different? Because you're now, you're now a veteran Floridian. You've been here like over a year. You've gotten to experience the, the heat of the stifling heat. You've got to experience hurricane concerns, uh, yes. the beaches, everything else that we have to wa uh, offer, uh, including walking around in uh, short sleeves and shorts, if you like, most of the year, almost 12 months out of the year. But what about for you now coming to this area and how is it uh, different, maybe in a good way, being part of the Tampa Bay area, covering the Buccaneers as you do for the team website, et cetera? Yes. I, it's funny because you would think I would be used to this heat being in Texas, experiencing the triple digits. I mean, it's, it's toasty over there. So I'm used to the heat, but the humidity, <laughs> it is a different level. TJ, I don't know if you ever fully get prepared. Just when I think I am, like yesterday, down on the field, like it is so hot. I mean, I, I'm going into Publix. I'm walking to my car. I have the, the lip sweat going. I mean, it's already, you're soaked, you're drenched. Right. So I'm still, I'm still making some rookie mistakes occasionally with the, uh, my wardrobe choices, um, in this heat, but I love Florida. I mean, you're, you're far enough inland, but yet the beach is only about 25 minutes. It's absolutely perfect. I've always been a hot weather, warm climate kind of gal. So it works out perfect for me. And obviously just can't say enough about this Buccaneers organization it's family oriented the 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 culture here the family atmosphere um it it truly is great and not in a lot of other organizations in the NFL it's few and far between you don't get this at a lot of other places so it's been a joy living here and and working here love that a few more moments with Bree Dix buccaneers.com staff writer and reporter you read her all the time on buccaneers.com she's going to promote also the show the podcast she does with Casey Phillips who does a fantastic job all on the website and the coverage and also news channel eight uh etc with the buccaneers coverage um and now we have an eagles game that is coming up here on monday night football and these are special the, these kind of standalone games when the two teams are good this is what it is all about um and this is a this is a, an organization that with pride has put it to the Philadelphia Eagles, especially in the postseason, over and over again, yes. which we love. So there are no, there's no, as I like to say, there's no shortage of subplots for this coming Monday night. We're looking forward to that in the preview mode, which you're going to be doing later in the week on Buccaneers.com as well. Yes. Oh yeah, and I think it's, I think going against Fields was definitely a a good litmus test for this team and facing Jalen Hurts with kind of two dual threat quarterbacks back to back. It'll be interesting. They were able to contain him, keep him in the pocket, not letting him run out. But, and I think too, you know, you see Chicago doesn't really build their offense necessarily around Fields' mobility in the same way that the Eagles do for Jalen Hurts with the RPOs or the same with, you know, the Baltimore Ravens and Lamar Jackson. So I'm interested to see how how this goes on, uh, on Monday Night Football. Yeah, it will be. Uh, some kind of build up. It's an early season yes. game, but this <laughs> is this is this is what it's all about. And we've gotten much more used to this, obviously, with that Brady fellow, the right. goat. We these these became second nature the last three years. But this is this is going to be a lot of fun for the build up to this week. So that segues us, uh, Bree, to promote promote what yes. you have later in the week in the preview mode and the show with Casey that you do every week. Yes. So Wednesday, I do kind of a reimagined look of the scouting report, which is my breakdown of the opposing team's top game wreckers um, who can potentially have the impact of swaying the game. Break down that. And then on Friday, that's the five bucks to watch some key matchups between 
our Buccaneers and some of the players on the opposing teams. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hit you off the cuff. How'd you do on last week with the five bucks to watch going into the Bears game? Did we hit some? Did we hit them all? How did I, we do? I did, actually. Yeah, I hit. I hit a lot of them, I think. But document it. Anyway, check it out. Can, check it out. The bucks yeah, to watch. Check it out. Definitely. And then Sunday morning, count on a kick. Kickoff goes up, which is kind of just the last minute things to watch for some some key stats, um, two challenges that the opposing team presents to us. And then Friday, Casey and I do Tampa two where we break down the previous matchup. So this week we'll be breaking down uh, the Bears game and then we'll also be looking ahead to the Eagles game. Um, So we go through a lot of fun stuff, some off the field things, some key quotes of the week some matchups to look for some the top things of the opposing team that can cause some issues for us, but just an absolute blast. And then those are all available on Buccaneers.com. Go check them all out. Check her out, hear her, see her. We love, uh, we love the insight. Let's do this again down the road. Uh, You did great here for this edition on the nothing but bucks podcast and the remat in the recap mode off a win over the Chicago bears. Thank you, Brianna Bree Dix. I appreciate it. <laughs> you are welcome, TJ. Thank you. So we put this one to bed at 27-17 for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers over the Chicago Bears. And now look ahead to the Philadelphia Eagles, as I was alluding to with uh, Bree Dix from Buccaneers.com, that this, this one needs no buildup. Sometimes you have to sell the matchup, you know, if you're playing the Houston Texans, which we will be later on in the year. You might have to sell that match. This one sells itself. The Eagles, the NFC champs a year ago. Uh, the Eagles and Bucks again, have, have such intertwined playoff history. Almost all of it is good Buccaneer playoff history. The first ever playoff win is Leroy Selman clobbering Ron Jaworski and Ricky Bell running for scores with Doug Williams and company in a 1979 playoff win in the divisional round against the Philadelphia Eagles. Who can forget? It's it's the iconic play right now in the history of the franchise. Rondé Barber closing down Veterans Stadium in the NFC Championship game, 2002 season, January 2003. You even had a Tom Brady-led Buccaneer blowout of the Eagles two years ago in the playoffs at home in the divisional round. Uh, or actually, that may have been the wild card round, I think, as I recollect. But uh, th- this team has had tremendous success against the Philadelphia Eagles. Brady, Brady led a Thursday night win over the Eagles as well, and Jalen Hurts and company a couple of years ago. You had a famous Monday night win right after the Super Bowl in their brand-new stadium. You book in closing veteran stadium with the Barber interception return, the Gruden, Brad Johnson, Mike Allstott, Derek Brooks, Warren Sapp-led Buccaneers won that game. And then you open the next season at the new stadium, what's still Lincoln Financial Field, with a shutout win on Monday night football. Again, the Bucs have a lot of good history against the Philadelphia Eagles, so we'll see if that mojo continues on Monday night, 2-0 Philadelphia comes in off wins over New England on the road and then a home Thursday night win. They were shaky with a couple of turnovers in the first half of the game against Minnesota, but eventually pulled away, running the football well in that game. We know the Eagles can run the ball. Buccaneer run defense is going to get tested uh, through the middle with that defensive line. We'll see if Kalijah Cansey, the number one pick, can get healthy enough to play. Again, they're going to be cautious with him with the calf injury. Did not play on Sunday. Played a little bit in the opener. Suffered that calf injury at the beginning of uh, of training camp before you ever played preseason games. They'd love to have him available on that defensive line. Uh, but the Bucs have done well with the defensive line uh, that they have with the outside pass rush as well. Levante David, Devin White. Hitting and making plays. So great to see Levante, 12 years in the league, still out there making play after play uh, for this Buccaneer defense. Uh, He and Devin White both all around the football. It seemed like uh, throughout the day, tackles for loss. Levante only finished uh, officially credited with two tackles. Seemed like he was involved in much more than that. Uh, Helped break up that pass at the end with the interception uh, as well. Devin White also only accredited officially with two tackles in the game. You got a lot of sacks, though, and you did a good job stopping the run game with the front seven and the DBs coming up as well. So how about that? The tandem of White and David, only four tackles in the game, but the defense still played uh, a, a good – we'll give them an A. They played a good all-around game, and the sacks will give a definite A+. Plus and the two takeaways at the end as well. And you'll need all of that against the Eagles, who come in with Hurts, with A.J. Brown, with Fletcher Cox on that defense – 
They've got some swagger. They're the defending NFC champs, but the Bucs would love nothing better than to humble Philly one more time on Monday night in a huge showdown with ESPN coming in here to televise. All right, so there you go. There is the recap of the Bears game. We now look ahead to that matchup coming next Monday night. We'll be on the air with Buccaneers Radio 7 on the network, 7 Eastern time, kickoff just after 8.15 Eastern time. Adjust your time zone accordingly on the Buccaneers network, on the mobile app, on TuneIn, on SiriusXM, NFL Plus, wherever you can hear Gene and Dave call the game, and I'm there with them on the broadcast. We'll start a little after 8.15 Eastern time for Monday Night Football. Things getting really good, and if you find a way to beat the Eagles, which if the Bucs keep playing like they are, clean on offense, taking the ball away, especially at home, they've got a great chance to win Monday. You get this win to get to 3-0, and that sets the table now for you to do damage in the 2023 season. And I'm not saying this game is everything. Even if you lose the game, you've got you've got a little bit to play with here, a little cushion because you've won the first two. You get off to a three and zero start when there were people picking you to be three and fourteen. Again, looking right at some of these people, you know, pardon the interruption on ESPN kicking them out of the the Bucks, the worst team in the NFL, going to have the number one pick. Houston Texans are still in the league, right? Carolina Panthers who play Monday night. I don't know the result while I'm doing the pot. They're still in the league, right? Arizona Cardinals who blew that twenty point lead yesterday at home to the Giants. They're still in the league, right? Okay, on the on the Bucks being the worst team in the NFL uh, for this season. Let's see how it goes. Let's see what it looks like next Monday night. Let's see if the Buccaneers can get to three and zero and be in a really great position for a showdown with the Saints again. The Saints playing Monday night football against the Panthers here. We'll see about that result. Buccaneers know this; they're at least in a tie for first with Atlanta. Will the Saints join them? We'll see. Two and zero start uh, for your Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And we've been talking all about it here on this recap. Again, make sure you're following or subscribing on the podcast outlets, following, subscribing through the Buccaneers mobile app so you get the automatic notification whenever the podcast is up. Social media links not needed and no no other nudge is needed if you're following or subscribing. We'll be here the day after the games. That means next Tuesday for nothing but Bucks. Next Tuesday after the Monday night game with the uh, Philadelphia Eagles we will be all over it as part of our coverage on Buccaneers Radio and nothing but Bucks in the recap mode. For now, my thanks to Jason Berenger for the help with the highlights and the interviews. Jeff Ryan's our director of broadcasting. Thanks again to Brianna Dix, Bree Dix, for joining me from Buccaneers.com as a staff writer. Here's she and Casey Phillips. See them and hear them more on the Tampa 2 podcast later in the week with more of an Eagles preview. All your Buccaneer uh, coverage, your podcasts, your, your writing, your outlets, a video, etc., on Buccaneers.com. We're proud to be part of it with all the podcasts and all the stuff that happens through Buccaneers.com. I'm TJ Reeves. We're back with a recap podcast off the Eagle game next Tuesday as part of Nothing But Bucks.